on him and maybe lift up our voices confessing and professing our love to our God saying I love you Lord and I lift up my voice to worship you oh my soul rejoice
Amen, churches. Amen. Searched all over, can't find nobody like you. Amen. There's nobody like our awesome God. I don't care where you go, you can go as far east as you can go. You can go as far west as you can go. You can go as far up in the sky as you can go. You can go as far down in the water that you can go. There is nobody like our Lord. Oh, y'all feel like crazy today. I'm like that. Yeah. We come to God's house and we, and we feel like crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. This morning, the pastor is going to preach about I am the light of the world. And we know who that is. I am the light of the world. Coming from the Gospel according to John, chapter 8. The Gospel according to John, chapter 8. We're going to go down to verse 12. If you're able to stand out of God's word, you may do so. Yeah, yeah, God is good. All the time, he's been good to us. Amen, amen, amen. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Because you will have the light that leads to life. The Pharisees replied, you are making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Jesus told them, these claims are valid even though I make them about myself. I came from and where I am going. But you don't know this about me. You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness, and my Father who sent me is the other. Where is your Father, they asked. Jesus answered, since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my Father is. If you knew me, you would also know who? Amen, church, amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come, the everlasting God. God, we just come thanking you, Father. We come to give you praise. We come to give you glory. And we come to give you honor, Heavenly Father. Father, please touch right now in the sanctuary, Lord. Just touch from the front to the back, side to side, Heavenly Father. Right now, Heavenly Father, touch our minds, touch our bodies, touch our spirits, Heavenly Father, that we would just forget about what's going on all around us and just focus and concentrate on you. Concentrate on your goodness. Concentrate on your mercy. Concentrate on your faithfulness. Concentrate on your long suffering, Lord, that you have with us, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, that you remember our frame that we are but dust, Heavenly Father. And Father, you are the one, Heavenly Father, who sustains us. You are the one who protects us. You are the one who keeps us, Heavenly Father, from dangers we can see and dangers we cannot see. Lord, we thank you most of all for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for sending your only begotten Son, Lord, to die on the cross for all of our sins, Father, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Lord, we thank you for that gift, Heavenly Father. Father, I just thank you, Lord, this morning, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for a reasonable portion of health and strength. Thank you, Lord, that everyone was able to make it out to the house of worship one more time, Lord. Lord, I'm asking you, Heavenly Father, please bless, Heavenly Father, every song that will be sung. Bless every prayer that will be prayed, Lord. Please bless the gospel of Jesus Christ that's going forth, that it will touch hearts right now, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we magnify you. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen, church.
again. Uh, I'll be reading from the New Living uh, Translation. Those who have uh, your word, you join, you can welcome to join in with us. Uh, I'm going to read verses 12 to 19 of Gospel according to John, the 8th chapter. Those who are able to stand and honor and renew God's word, please uh, do so. The word of God reads, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. 
If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness, because you will have the light that leads to life. The Pharisees replied, you are making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Jesus told them these claims are valid even though I make them about myself, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you don't know this about me. You judge me by my human standards, but I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness, and my Father who sent me is the other. Where is your Father? They asked Jesus. Jesus answered, since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my father is. If you knew me, you would also know my father. Praise God for his word. You may be seated as you take your seat. Help announce the subject matter to your neighbor. Tell them, I am the light of the world. Amen. Amen. If you came with another guest and a friend, don't make them feel left out. Turn to them, talk to them too, and let them know, I am the light of the world. If you listen in online, you can type it in right there in the comments. Go ahead and talk, talk to, the, to the interweb. Tell them, I am the light of the world. Jesus is making it clear to them who he is. But I want to highlight something very specific on what he was saying with me there in verse 12. Y'all have your Bible still open with me. Try your best not to fall asleep. We're going to stay right there. I hope we can arrive to the same conclusion. So if you have your Bible still open, it says right there, I am the light of the world. And then, if you follow me, you won't have to what? Or I'm glad y'all with me. You won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Can I highlight to you first and foremost that he has a path that leads to a special destination. And this destination leads to life. Oftentimes when we watch movies and read stories, there might be a journey somebody goes on and they give them this path. And we know one of our most famous ones, right, is follow the yellow brick road. But think about it. when they followed that yellow brick road, they had nothing but trouble. That, that was not an easy path to go on. Every time they, they ran through some peril, some trouble, the road ended somewhere, they had to pick it up somewhere else. And so here it is that... We see oftentimes when we hear stories given to us about how to follow a path, that path is a treacherous journey in order to get to the destination. And, and, and that's how story of movies work, right? Because it has to have some kind of conflict in order to have the climax, in order to have the celebration. And so in same thing in our lives, that our life is a journey, and oftentimes we're going to run into some conflict and adversity, but yet there's one promise, and when Jesus says, if you walk in my path, you're going to reach your destination. I, I, I've seen a lot of movies. I, I, I think I'm a, I'm a movie expert on many stories and plot lines, and I always try to pick who's not going to make it at the end. When I'm, I'm watching cast, I'm like, oh, that story's too deep on that one. They're not going to make it. They, they made you like them, and so I know they're not going to make it. So you, I, I, that's what I do. So don't sit next to me. If I'm rewatching the movie again, I'm not ruining it for you. I'll be like, oh, I see why that happened now. You know, because I, I try, to, try to figure out. So here it is that in this text, God is telling us that if we walk with him, we're going to make it to the end. But when you get the movie path, you don't know if they're going to make it to the end. Or oftentimes, you think they're going to make it, then it says, part two, come <laughs> and now you got to spend your good money to go watch part two to find out will they make it to the end. But Christ is making it very clear that if you follow me, come on, you're going to make it. Our text today, uh, in this eighth chapter, y'all still with me? Jesus is here during the feast of the tabernacle. And there's reference of water being drawn, which they do in the tabernacle when Jesus talks about on the last day. Uh, he, he, in verse seven, uh, verse 37 of chapter 7, it says, Anyone who's thirsty may come to me 
Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scripture declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. That's not an I, one of the I am statement, but he had another metaphor to say, I am this living water that you can have. So you're with me here. That's in the seventh chapter. We're right there. It's a tabernacle going on. What I want to highlight here is that Jesus has an itinerary that he's basically preaching and teaching like a revival. They're there for the booth of the tabernacles, but who they are worshiping is present with them, but they don't know who he is. This is this is the first undercover boss. Y'all remember that show? The undercover boss. They didn't know who they was working with, but he's undercover and they tried to see how they really had. So here it is, Jesus covered in flesh, fully God and fully man, let them know that I'm in the building. And he's teaching them. And so another part of this feast is the light lamping. Uh, lighting the lamp ceremony, which they do at the evening time, and basically they don't sleep. Y'all, they up all night, worshiping, partying, and singing songs with the festival of lights. And so there's a light tab that has them when they're walking down the stairs into the courts of the women, and they have big jars of lamps, and they light them, and they sing their favorite songs, and praise God, and they dance, and they walk in this way. So Christ is using what they understood as a metaphor to point out that I am this light that will lead you to life. But also this symbolicness of this light represents when God led them out of Egypt as a pillar of, of fire and, and, and a cloud, and a pillar of cloud, and by fire, by night. And so they always had light, but most importantly, at dark, it was illuminated so that, that they were safe. And the first time they saw this is when God got behind them and kept Egypt from them and they crossed the Red Sea. And so they understand that when light of God shows up, we are protected and things that have that are come, trying to come against us cannot harm us. And we will reach our destination safely. And who's going to make it? Everybody's going to make it. So let me go back again. Oftentimes in movies, they give you a path. You start up a journey. But everybody... Doesn't make it. But I'm, I'm so glad that God can't lose you. Ooh. Oh, glory be to God. Because when we hold on, God's unchanging him. <laughs> We're going to find out that though we change, he does not change. He is always faithful. And so that's why the command is that if we follow the light, oh, you're going to make it into your direction. So this text is giving us a symbolic background here. So I want you to grab this, that they're there for a specific reason, for a specific purpose. And they have a specific religious uh, tradition that they follow while they're there in this time of the light. So when Jesus says, follow the light, he's pointing out to them that this light you see around you, I am the light of the world. Now I want to highlight this because earlier, before he starts teaching, um, do you see in verse 12 how they, morning said he speaks once again? Because he was there earlier, and that's when they brought the woman caught in adultery. Now, catch this, right? How is it you supposed to be worshiping God, but y'all have enough people going around spying around, trying to find somebody doing wrong, you're going to bring before Jesus? Y'all don't hear me? And so here it is. Jesus going to let them know that with all your accusers, she said, there is none, neither do I. Go and sin no more. That's what we get. He who without sin cast the first stone. So here it is that, again, they're trying to catch Jesus and trying to capture him, but they get mad because his teaching was power and purpose and authority that they can't get him. I want to highlight. So that was during the day. He's still there in the temple at night teaching, and they're about to go to the light, and he's letting them know, when we're about to exile here, I want you to think about me as the light of the world. Y'all see that there? So he's setting the setting up for them. For this tabernacle of booths and this gathering that they come together that follows after the day of atonement. And Jesus let them know that he did not come to judge, but he came to give life. This is also educated when he, educated when he talks about the John 3.16 writer says, For God so loved the world, he gave this. On the God and Son, whosoever believes in our prayers behalf, everlasting life. He said, I did not come to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. That's verse 17. So you can run, you can, if you got 16, then learn verse 17. So I did not come to condemn the world, but so that the world might be saved. And his judgment is true. His judgment is good. And that's why we're going to get into that part when, he's, when they, con, they challenge him on what he is saying. But let's first, let's deal with his life. Don't we feel safe in the life? Think about how you're in a dark room, but you feel a different presence when you turn the lights on. 
You walk in a dark room, boom, oh, I feel better. I can see everything. Think about how we just go. Now, here's another thing. That we don't teach children to be scared of the dark, but they are scared of the dark. How is it that you just turn the light on, they just feel better? Because light does that. That's why when winter comes, we feel people feel depressed and feel sad. And that's why January is one of those higher mental stress months, because there's more night than day. Because, you know, when the winter social comes, it's the longest night. So they just, they've been going through so much, no, not as much sunlight, not as much vitamin D that makes your body feel better and healthier. So that's why you need to get in the sunlight. Think about how, have you ever seen plants, how they realize they need sunlight, how they will grow where there's light, whether it be real light or artificial light. You can have a plant by the window, but if you keep a lamp on, it's going to grow towards that lamp. Not towards the window that's coming through the sunlight, because that's going to leave. But this lamp's staying on. Y'all don't hear it. We, want, we need to follow the light. That's why a moth, right, attracted to the flame, can't get lost. Why that moth going through that light? Because the moth don't have good sense. What do you mean the moth doesn't have good sense? The moth does not know what's real or what's fake. It just knows light. And it does all its life is only known the sun. And I use my navigation by the sun, but you're going to throw me another light. I'm going to fly around in circles. <laughs> and so we are more intelligent than a moth that we should recognize real light and false light. Come on, somebody. We ought to know who we ought to follow and who we should not follow. And if we need help, then we need to look around somebody and say, are you following right? Let me follow you as you follow Christ. Amen. Jesus is letting them know I am the light. This light is the light of man. Uh, John, John opens up talking about how the, in the beginning was the word and the word was God. And the word was with God and the word was the life of man. And so I'm going to highlight again that everything crisis is about life. And so the darkness does not comprehend the light, but light exposes the darkness. The, so when we've got to be careful that how we have this darkness aspect, that darkness oftentimes can equate evil and equate wicked and things that are not of God. John 3, 19 and 20, continue on, says, And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light. For their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. Now, I don't want to call anybody a hater, but the Bible says all who do evil hate the light. I'm not calling anybody anything, but if it hurts you, you know, they say it hurt dogs holler. Come on, somebody. And so when I read this text, I got I challenge myself. It's like, God, do I love dark more than I love you? And when I got to ask myself that question, as things come to my mind, I say, oh, there's some things I need to get out. And that we got to do that inventory to make sure that am I walking in light because we all got to realize and recognize that we are not perfect. And so therefore, daily, we got to make sure, am I exposing myself to the light to make sure that I'm real and not fake? And here's the thing. We don't want to be fake. We don't want to be imposters. But yet, I bet you that some of you have given, have given away some funny money. And you didn't do it on purpose. Somebody gave it to you, and you gave it to somebody else. And they let you know, like, this place, why? I got this from the ATM machine. How you going to get mad at me, right? I'm not trying to be frozen, but every day we got to check to make sure, is it real? And sometimes you might feel embarrassed as you go to the drive-thru and you give them your money and they take that marker out and check it and put it in front of you and act like you're like, like, and you think to yourself, because you're a person of integrity, I'm not going to rob a steal from me. Why are you going to check that in front of me? It's not about you. It's that there's somebody out there giving out funny money. They got to make sure that it's right. So sometimes in our life, the enemy's trying to sneak in where he can. And we're not careful. He's going to sneak right into your house. Amen. Now, we got to clean up. You know how dust collects, right? It, it, dust has come from our own dead skin. <laughs> That's your mess. Come on, somebody. And so we got to clean up after ourselves. We got to check ourselves. And we got to stay and realize how the light exposed darkness. So the closer I get to Jesus, the more imperfection I'm going to see. I understand the same thing how it is in life. Have you ever got out your favorite shirt out? And you pull it out in the dark, but you turn it loud and you find you got a stain on it. Oh, I didn't see that. The light exposes things that we can realize, okay, this is what I need to work on. How can I get this spot out? The light is leading them and directing them. And God wants you to know that if you follow this light, 
Guess the destination. It's life. It's life. Who wants life? Right? We all want life. We're all fighting for life. But yet, what kind of life do you want to live? What's the quality of this life? We, we understand quality. You don't just buy the worst phone. You buy the phone you think is going to give you the best quality. You don't just buy any car. You buy the car that's going to give you the best quality based on your budget, what you can afford. So I remember, you know, that when I got my car that I ain't paid for, my parents gave to me as long as it got me the A to B. I was happy. That was the best car I ever had. <laughs> All the other cars I'm not paying for, like, let me take care of this bad boy. <laughs> And so we understand, like, how can I take care of what God gave me and walk and mature and grow and help myself reach my destination? But yet I got to stay on the path. So you never stay on the path. We use a light today to guide us on land, on water, and even in the air. Lights give us direction to light our paths and help us to navigate. When God created the heavens and the earth, notice how he set the suns and the stars, and somebody was smart enough to realize that I can use this for navigation. Some of us might be aware how D.C. was put together. You know, uh, Benjamin Banneker and and a former enslaved man helped design D.C., Y'all, I want you to understand. He designed the D.C. The way your roads, the roads are in D.C., he designed it. The reason why? Because the Frenchman wanted more money. They're like, we ain't going to pay you that. But Benjamin Banneker was so intelligent that he had a photographic memory that he remembered the map and they gave him and he put it together. And he was so intelligent, he knew how to use the stars and the sun to, for navigation to set things up that he even helped start the almanac to tell you when the weather's going to come. The farmer's out almanac. Using the stars and the sun to tell the season. Doesn't that Jesus says that you guys can't you guys can tell the season, but you can't tell when I'm here? So God has set the stuff in store that you can use the sun, you can use the stars, you can use it for your direction. God said, I'm gonna send the sun. Not the S O N, but I'm sorry, not the S U N, but the S O N, the Son of God. To be the light of the world, to give you direction, to help you navigate, whether it be land, whether it be sea, or whether it be by air, to get you home. As a child, many of us might remember how we used to walk and ask our mom and dads, right, why do we see all these lights in the airs? Because uh, I remember, you know, you see those towers and why they're flashing lights, and then my dad said, you know, that's for the airplane, so they don't know how low to go down. Like, oh, okay. Airplanes need lights while they're in the air. They can't see. They need lights to direct them. And then you at the bottom of the plane say, Dad, that's a shooting star. No, son. That's the light of an airplane blinking. Like, huh? Yeah, so they, other planes can see it at night. Oh, okay, right? I'm just like, why am I seeing all these lights? Because all these lights have purpose and reason for guidance and direction. We put night lights down and we put lights across the, the aisles in the movie theater so you can see where the aisle is and where the seats begin. Lights always guide us and direct us, but yet are we letting the light guide us and direct us? Jesus is the true light, and those who follow him will receive the light of life. But the contrast is walking in darkness. Walking in sin and death. Ephesians 5 and 8 tells us, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. We need to know what repentance is. Remember that I once was like this, but now I'm like this. I recognize, I know who Jesus is. Tell, Tell your neighbor, know who Jesus is. Because Jesus says, if you know him, you know the Father. And if you know the Father and you know Jesus, then you know life. But if you don't know who he is, then you won't know that he is the light of the world. Or he is the bread of life. Jesus told them who he was, but they did not believe him. Y'all see that there in the text? Again, we're not, sometimes we find out that people just don't think Jesus is enough. Verse 14, Jesus told them these claims are valid even though I make them about myself. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you don't know this about me. You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be what? Correct. This is building on that if Christ came to judge us, the party would be over. I'm going to share this very clearly, that God's grace basically means that he gives us an opportunity to get it right. 
His mercy is that he does not give you the judgment you do deserve. Mercy and grace come together it's like this, that you went into my house and you walked over my nice white carpet and you tracked your muddy shoes all over. Mercy and grace is this, that can you please take your shoes off and I clean up the mess. I didn't curse you out. I didn't tell you about yourself. I didn't kick you out of my house. I still received you and I cleaned up the mess and I share with you how you can get right. Y'all see that? How God has done that for us. He doesn't chastise us. He doesn't beat us down. He simply says, I love you. Well, I don't love myself. I love you. Well, I can't get right. I died for you. I just came through this. I did this for you. Let you know, all you think you're saying that you are not once you know who you are. I love you. The challenge is, will I give up? Will I let go? Because when Christ says to follow him, it means that, will I be his disciple? And the qualifications of being a disciple of Christ means I must deny myself, pick up my cross, and follow after him. Which means that I'm going to follow his agenda, his schedule, and his stops. And we know how that works because if you book a flight and it tells you that it's, a not, it's not a one-stop flight, but you're going to have a layover, and that's the only flight you have, you're going to be happy with them layovers. You're going to be, yeah, I got to get laid over in this area. I'm going to be here for two hours, and then I'm going to connect my flight. I'm going to be there till midnight, but I'm going to make it there. But in life, we we, we, we okay when we get those laid, but in God's time, we're going to say, Lord, why are you taking so long? But not, he not say that I'm going to get you to your path. I'm going to get you to your destination. I'm going to get you to where you want to go. But we got to realize, God, not my will be done, but you got to know, Lord, it's not about me. But it's all about you. Jesus made it very clear to them that I didn't come to judge you, but if I did judge, my judgment was correct. But secondly, he points out to them, you don't know who I am. You don't know who I am. Because if you knew who I am, then you would know that I am. Y'all, y'all, y'all catch that? You know, that? That I am is what Moses found out who God is. He says, who are you? You tell him, I am that I am. And so I am is where we get the word Adonai or Yahweh and, and saying that's the Lord's name. And so Jesus let them know I am, but they didn't catch on that. But they're going to say, well, I am the light of the world. I am the Father's son. I am sent by God the Father who witnesses with me. So we got two witnesses, my testimony and my Father's testimony. And y'all might be familiar with the Father's testimony. He says when he was baptized by John, he said, behold my son. Whom I am well pleased. And, and the Holy Spirit descended in the dove and fell on him and he went out into the wilderness of Christ has already got confirmation. I am who I say I am, but if you don't believe me, watch me. Mm. And that's oftentimes in our lives where we gotta help somebody out that they may not believe us, but we need to show them who we are following. I'm following after Christ. I'm doing what Christ has called me to do. The Christ tells me to pray for my enemies, to pray for my leadership, pray for them. Let me not curse them, let me not talk about them, but let me show them what grace and mercy looks like. When we follow Jesus, we understand that we are protected. That's why Psalms 27 lets us know the Lord is my life and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Well, we see that he's my light and my salvation. When they were going from Egypt into the promised land, they had to have protection all around them. And their protection was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And they were always, I was always with them until they got their destination. And what I want to encourage you is here that I don't know what you're going through in your life. But you might be going through some times in your life. You might feel you're all by yourself. But if you can take some inventory and start looking back and realize that God has been blessing you. He's been protecting you. He has been providing for you better than you can for yourself. Somebody might have showed up and brought you a meal. Somebody might have showed up and gave you a ride. Somebody might have gave you a reference for evaluation for you to get a job. Someone might have showed up and helped you pay for a bill. These are people God has been using in your life, but you thought it was all about you. Now realize how God can put people in your life at the right moment, at the right time to be Lights upon your path. What you talking about? They could be lights upon my path. Well, Jesus says that we are the light 
Come on, somebody. And we get our light from him. You know that the light in the, in the sky is how it works out. It's a beautiful thing about science. Is that uh, our sun, right, is the biggest star in our galaxy. And you know how if you go, they go to the moon, but they never touch any stars. The stars are way beyond. But even those stars that are way beyond, they're not there. Do you know that that's just their gases from when they burned out? And but how like time works is that we're behind time. <laughs> so we're seeing what was, but we're not seeing what is. And so what we're seeing, we're in awe of, but imagine we saw it when it was. Y'all don't hear me? We are in a shadow of what we're going to be, but we get with Christ, we're going to see what is. But while we get there, let us take for what is. And what is right now is that he has died for us. He took on our pain and our penalty to show us that you don't have to live in this life any longer. Don't be in the darkness. Don't be out here, but walk in the light. And then once you come to know him, now you are a light and you are the salt of the earth and you ought to help somebody else. Get in their direction. We are not alone. The church is the body of Christ. Let us not get caught up in this individualistic society that we try to make it by ourselves and that we don't lift each other up. The church should encourage one another. That's why we get so excited when we come to the church because it's not about me, it's not about you, but it's about us. And worshiping an awesome God together. And when we follow one another, we can encourage one another to get in that direction. And since we know who he is, we know who the Father is. And we know that we have life with him. And we are to walk in life where he is life. Look what 19 says. When they, where is your father? They ask. Jesus answered, since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my father is. And if you knew me, you would also know my father. Jesus made this statement. When he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury, but he was not arrested because this time had not yet come. This highlights to us in that I want to add this caveat here that I'm dealing with this series as we're leading to Christ on Calvary. And you've seen they're trying to kill him because they don't like how he's teaching. They don't like what he is saying. But notice that he is not ashamed, knowing he is not backing down. But he's speaking the truth and speaking the truth boldly. And that same kind of attitude we ought to have about the truth we know. If Jesus died on the cross for your sins, go and tell somebody what he's done for you. I know many of us are thinking about how we want to root and prepare for the Super Bowl today. But make sure while you get that Super Bowl party, yeah, and you're going to talk about who's going to win. Tell them how you already won. You know you already won, right? Because Jesus has given us the victory. <laughs> oh, death, where is thy sting? I'm not scared of what's going to happen tomorrow because I know who has me today. <laughs> and I'm going to be present with the body, I'm going to be present with those, be absent from this body. So I know that this world is full of pain and trouble, but know that he is the light of the world, that one day I'm going to see him for who he is. You, you know, John likes dealing with this life. This gospel writer John likes dealing with this life because he says in Revelation that there will be no sun or no moon because God and Jesus will be all the light that we need. I don't understand how that works because all I know is the sun and the moon. But when I see Jesus, and so I, I'm not worried about who's going to win the toy cost and who's going to win the game and score the final touchdown when I already know that Jesus only touched down. I'm done preaching now, but let me celebrate for a little more. You know, when he touched down, when he touched down, 42 generations, born in Bethlehem, born of Mary and Joseph, when he touched down, when they buried him in that grave, when he got up on the third day with all power in his hand, I'm so glad that he's sitting at the right hand of God in majesty. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen tonight, but I know right now, Jesus is all I need. He is the bread of life. He is the light of the world. Good day now, children. May the Lord bless you real good. On your way home, you ought to tell somebody, I know who he is. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. He is walked all by himself. He is the lily in the valley. He's the bright in the morning star. He's the lion of the tribe. 
tribe of Judah. I'm so glad. Goodbye, Hosanna. Bless you, may continue to keep you. But don't lose out and tell somebody how you are a winner. Because Jesus paid it off. And all in him I Sin has left a Christmas, but he washed me white as snow. So follow Jesus. Follow the light. And realize you're going to reach your victory because you already are victorious right now. We are more than conquerors. I told you at the start that they're already, but not yet. We're already victory. We are already victorious. We are already winners. But yet we have yet to claim our prize. Because when he comes back, We'll be changed and shrinking up and up. So wait for your parade. <laughs> wait for your coronation. But celebrate right now and live right now following the light. Knowing that God will never leave us nor forsake us. Because he will lead us into his presence. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for you are the light of the world. And you're going to lead us forever eternally into your presence. We thank you, God, that you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Lord, I pray there might be someone here today that says, Lord, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. And I want to know the blessing of baptism and the communion of the saints. Uh, Lord, I thank you, Lord, how you add on to your church daily such as should be saved. Lord, there might be someone here looking for a church home or they've been out of fellowship and they want to reestablish their membership, but we welcome them here in this place. Oh, God, we just thank you, God, for your movement. We thank you, God, for what you're doing. So speak to your service. Speak to your children. Lord, we will be so mindful to give you all the glory and give you all the praise. In Jesus' awesome name, oh, God, we pray. Amen. 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 Have I been you today that want to know what must I do to be saved, we want to share that with you. might be you today that's looking for a church home. We want to welcome here in this space. But if it's not this space, we want to encourage and pray with you that God will lead you where you can be discipled and grow and be the awesome, mighty man or woman of God for his glory, for his purpose. And you will see the power of God moving in your life. That's our prayer for you. We, we want to welcome you to come around as we want to prepare to give God his tithes, our offering. And so if you want that to that's moving, just come on forward and, and, and speak to our ministers and our deacons of forward. Um, I ask our ushers for, can to come forward for this is our second Sunday night usher board. They'll be at, at uh, Rising Sun, Christian Church with Pastor John Gibson. And they'll be at the junior ushers coming up and helping us with our offering. And so we just praise God. So let us prepare to give God his tithes, our offering, and let us pray together. Mighty God, we just thank you uh, that you are God all by yourself. And so, Father, we ask you that you will bless those who have desired to give, but yet they have not. We thank you, Lord, you supply all our needs. And so, Father, we ask for your increase. Uh, we ask for your blessing. We ask for you to move, Almighty God, and may you be glorified, you be magnified for what is given, for the building and vacation of your church. And may you be glorified, you be magnified. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you don't uh, measure the amount, but you look at our hearts. So we cheerfully give you whatever we have. And we are grateful that, God, you will bless and multiply and increase. In Jesus Christ, and Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 Ask you follow the instructions of our ushers. Any some coaching? Thank you. 
floor of the Arise Sun Christian Church, BPM, uh, Pastor John Gibson, uh, host pastor. Uh, also want to share, uh, we have our upcoming full team ministry meeting this Tuesday, uh, 6 p.m. on February 13th. I also want to highlight on Wednesday that 14th is the beginning of Lent. So we'll come and, and we'll have a time of worship and recognize the kickoff of Lent. Uh, they also known as Ash Wednesday. So those who want to participate, you're welcome to come on Wednesday, 6 p.m. And we'll have our service that evening. Then also, I want to encourage you to come at 9 a.m. for Sunday school. Every Sunday school, uh, I'm sorry, we Sunday school every Sunday, 9 a.m. You're welcome to join us. And also, when we, as we prepare uh, to celebrate our 145th church anniversary, uh, to our members, uh, you know, if you are able to, we ask you to give a dollar for each year, so 145, if you're able to do so, uh, we're looking to celebrate that fourth Sunday in April, April 28th. Uh, God bless and sign 145 years, so we praise God uh, for that. And with that, we'll be having the spring cleanup coming up uh, in April as well, and so be mindful of the dates and times. Uh, for that, technically, I know we have the Saturday the 20th, and so we can have that circled on there uh, today to come and help us spruce up our church and take care of that spring cleaning in celebration of our 145th anniversary. Have this announcement as well as those who might be able to attend Springfield um, on Saturday, March 2nd. Uh, the Poor People Campaign is trying to have uh, encourage and, and support to see how we can have you know equal and affordable health care. Um, have uh, lower, uh, a better workers' ways, minimum workers' ways, and affordable care. And we want to make sure all that, those things are raised and holding our uh, legislators and those who make those laws accountable. Uh, those who want to go down, uh, have a fire here, and there's another van that's going down. And so it says here that there's at least 140 million people in the country who are impacted by the interlocking injustice of systematic racism, poverty, ecological devastation, militarism, and the false narrative of Christian nationalism. The Poor People Campaign believes that nonviolent struggle has the power to end these injustice, shift the narrative from individual shame or blame to, to, to systemic root causes and transform our society. So you were looking to go into the Poor People's Campaign. I'm going to mark Mr. Com see me. I'll be happy to share it with you. I've been apparently some of these meetings trying to help them to coordinate that. And if you want to know more about that, you're welcome to do so. Amen. And then also, as this is Black History Month, we're looking to have kind of a soul food Sunday on Fourth Sunday. Uh, so we're looking for people that they got some some good fiction you want to bring in to show off uh, on Fourth Sunday for the fellowship afterwards and have a presentation to celebrate for Black History. That's on Fourth Sunday, so there'll be more information uh, coming out for that. And so you'll be able to wear your black garb or black uh, HBCUs or whatever you want to wear to celebrate the Black African American Heritage Month. All right, that's our announcement for a week. So you should come, maybe rise. Oh, I'm sorry. But you got Valentine's. Okay, you got the Valentine's cards and Valentine's gifts um, back there. Uh, my junior usher's going to pass out to you. And so make sure you see a junior usher and, and get you some sweets for my little sweethearts. All right. The baby stand. <laughs>
ناروژیز بازی ویم 